You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, taking it beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect yoga and psychology to everyday life? My name is Jen, I'm your host, world-traveling yoga instructor, blogger, and the founder of Iveya Luna, Mindful Wellbeing, Peaceful Living. Every week on the podcast, we will be exploring different topics through yogic and psychological perspectives. I will occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests and hosting exciting Q&As. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast. Wherever you are on your journey, I'll meet you there. everyone, and welcome to another episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. Today, to kick off the last month of 2019, we have a part one of Chats with a Yogi with Selda from Karma Mind Yoga. So I'm so excited about this episode because she is so lovely and brilliant and the chat was so exciting. We talked for nearly six hours and today we are sharing an hour and a half of that chat with you, discussing all things yoga, philosophy, religion, mental health, uh, the practice of yoga, the instruction of yoga, how to balance business and yoga for yoga instructors, and of course, all the advice that we have to give uh, as instructors and everything that we've learned so far, and most of all, the stories that Zelda has to share and uh, and just the, the brilliant mind that she has. So without further ado, here is Zelda. Hi, Zelda. I'm very happy to have you on the show today. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. I'm very excited as well. I've never done anything like this before, so... Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's great. Um, okay, so first of all, I just want everyone to uh, know a little bit more about you. So if you can just tell us a little bit about your yoga story, uh, yourself, uh, how you got here today. And um, yeah, let's start with that. Okay. So I'm originally from Turkey, actually. I was born in Istanbul and I moved to the UK when I was about two. Um, and it's quite interesting, actually, because... I feel like I've lived another life <laughs> before yoga because I, I studied law. I then worked in financial regulation. So my entire life, most of my life has been in a corporate environment until quite recently, actually. Um, but yeah, so we moved, we moved to the UK um, when I was really, really young and it was quite an interesting experience. We didn't really know anyone here when we first arrived. None of us spoke English. Um, and yeah, we were quite close as a family growing up just because it was just us. Um, we left like my grandparents or my cousins, aunties, everyone else were, were, were in Turkey. And, um, yeah, so growing up, I, in my culture, it's quite, quite, you're, you're encouraged to either study medicine or law and have like a really high profile job. And so that, that pressure kind of led me to pursuing a career in law. Um, to start with. So I studied my law degree, did the legal practice course, which you need to do in the UK to become a solicitor. And then I worked in a law firm and I absolutely hated it. It yeah. was awful. <laughs> um, I actually left the job without, not, not, no offense to anyone that does the profession, but just for me personally, it was just not for me at all. Um, and I left the job with nothing, um, no backup plan, nothing. I just left and I was unemployed for about six months. It was quite a difficult period, actually. Um, it was during the recession as well. Oh, <laughs> lovely. That's, That's fun. <laughs> I know, perfect timing. Um, so, yeah, that, that's like my education background, where it was, like where I started. 
And then I kind of just randomly fell into financial regulation after that. Um, and I actually quite enjoyed that aspect of it because I was dealing with complaints. It wasn't so much the um, private kind of financial firm side of it. It was more working for the public um, and working in nonprofit organizations, um, which was quite nice. But I then, that feeling of like, I don't belong here. This is really corporate and really rigid and I don't want to wear a suit or like a shirt to work every day and like heels, not that I wore heels actually, but it was kind of like, <laughs> environment. You yeah, know yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, um, and I then, I then kind of went through this period in my life where I decided to kind of break free from the pressure and the expectations from my family and this is where I feel like my real journey and like real self-development began. Um, again, it was a really dark period to begin with just because of the way of like the, 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 my family dynamics. There was just a lot of pressure on us as kids to have like high paying jobs and do something with status and reputation and all of that mattered a lot in my family growing up. Um, so. I decided to really just take a step back and think about what, what is it that I want to do. And I remembered that growing up, I spoke to my parents about this. I wanted to be a primary school teacher um, back then, like when I was growing up. And I decided maybe I can actually pursue that and explore it and look into it. So I decided to leave my financial corporate job and went to work in an education charity. Massive pay, pay, um, pay drop. Um, but I just thought, it just it would just be a lot more meaningful better for my mental health and just something that matters to me um, i ended up working in the charity for a couple of years i did some work experience in schools and then i kind of just realized that actually maybe that isn't the right setting for me but i'm glad that i actually pursued that because it was something that i wasn't <clears throat> allowed to or given the opportunity to explore but just because i didn't have that many options growing up it was there was just a lot of this is the right thing to do we mm -hmm. want you this kind of thing and everything else creative or um, any other alternative career or path just wasn't an option for me growing up um, and yeah so once I realized that teaching wasn't for me I decided to look into other avenues and this kind of um, overlaps and ties in with um, me getting married, actually. Okay. Um, so, oh God, this is all over the place. <laughs> no, no, no. It makes, it's, it makes perfect sense so far. I mean, I don't know what you're about to say, but it makes perfect sense so far. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, it was really difficult growing up here with the type of family that I had. They didn't really adapt to the way of life in the UK. They didn't, they, they still don't really speak English. Um, so a lot of my um, childhood and teenage and young adult life revolved around them. So going to appointments with them, translating for them, reading all their letters, doing all their paperwork and just a lot of um, looking after, looking after mm. them. That's how it felt for me. Um, and they were very particular about what I could or couldn't do. There were loads of rules and restrictions going back to like culture and religion and traditions that I really didn't 
I didn't grow up in Turkey, so I couldn't fully understand what what they wanted from me, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and I then, so so I grew up with that kind of, those kinds of dynamics where there were a lot of restrictions on me. And I then met someone who's now my husband. He's not Turkish. He's um, from the UK. He was born here. And it basically didn't go down very well with my family. <laughs> I don't know how to put it really. It was, it was a really dark period. Now that I can look back at it, it's not as, it doesn't feel as intense or as dark, but they it essentially resulted in them disowning me. That decision um, kind of was like the last straw of them just wanting nothing to do with my, you know, my choices in life and like what I wanted to do. Um, so where I didn't well I'm still in that in that period actually I'm still not really I've not seen seen my dad in two years I've not spoken to my sister properly in two years I met my mum recently which was amazing um went really well but that period was like a turning point in my life when I realized that I actually could do what I wanted with my life and I wasn't kind of trapped or um in imprisoned in like a life that to live um it was kind of the last straw for me and it was at that point that I realized that actually I can do whatever I want and it doesn't have to be a corporate job it doesn't have to be a high paying job I don't have to please other people or meet their expectations it's my life and I just want to be happy um, um and yeah I went through a bit of a dark period during during uh, after the wedding um everything happened they weren't there obviously after the wedding I went through a bit of a dark period and the only thing that got me out of that period was yoga um, somehow I mean I was off sick for two months I went to my GP and said I can't function as a human being right now um what do I do with myself like I can't get out of bed in the mornings and drag my body to work and pretend I'm okay and then come back home and like cry all night and worry about the next day and it was just an awful period um but somehow I managed to sign up to go to yoga classes and it made me realize that feeling in shavasana at the end that feeling of just feeling light and the the, the way that the tension in your body just like dissipates and you start to melt into your mat and you feel safe and secure, especially with a teacher that you respect and you, you know, you, you trust. Um, that feeling was so unfamiliar to me. I didn't even know it was possible. I had no idea that I was constantly tensing my shoulders, my neck, my jaw, my knuckles. Like I'd always have my hands in a fist because I was always tense and always worried or anxious or hypersensitive and hyper alert. Because of I was living my life for others and their standards and their expectations change daily, if not like hourly. So it was so difficult to keep up with that. And oh my God, yes, I completely understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, it was just so liberating to feel that sense of release that I'd never felt before. And then I got hooked and I had done yoga before. Like I've done, I practiced yoga eight years ago. Like when I first started working, they provided it at work, but I went for physical reasons. Like my back hurt from carrying law books day in and day out <laughs> yeah it was just you know I've got some aches to let me go and do some yoga I didn't know how impactful it could actually have been um 
so yeah, uh, one day while I was off sick for work for two months, I was walking home back from yoga and mm. I felt incredible. Like I was skipping and laughing to myself. And like just... I know, it's like a high, eh? It's like suddenly you're like, oh my God, the world is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Everything is possible. It's like, it feels really good. Yeah. yeah. I felt so light and so happy and it just felt like such an unfamiliar alien feeling and experience that I just thought I want to feel like this every day like I want this in my life um, now that I found it and I want to I want other people to experience this as well because I didn't know it was possible to feel like this and I'm mm. sure thousands if not millions of people that don't know how good their body and their mind is capable of feeling um, so it was at that point mm. I came home I told my husband maybe maybe I can do this like I'm passionate about it it makes me feel amazing and why not like it could be an option for me and if nothing else the teacher training sounds really really fun and really enjoyable and at least I'll be able to kind of practice at home and know what I'm doing a bit better um so within a couple of days actually I booked onto the course that we did together oh my god wow no way Had I, I never knew that that's incredible yeah it was quite last minute because I did it in like January and we started in February yeah yeah and yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind now that I think about it. And it's happened really quickly, but I feel like my entire life was leading up to that moment of just feeling just this sense of release and a sense of ownership and control over my body, my mind, my life, who I want to spend it with, who I want around me, um, who really matters. and obviously family matters but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way sometimes they don't know what's best for you and sometimes they have limitations as to what they can handle i know a lot of it was fear driven they were afraid of the unknown um, of the uncertainty they don't speak the language that we speak here they don't speak english so there was just a lot of barriers and a lot of fear associated with it which i now really understand having done loads of therapy i empathize with my family now i'm no longer angry with them or bitter or anything um but yeah so that's that's what led me to actually doing my teacher training um and i did that whilst work, continuing to work at the education charity that i mentioned um and they were really lovely there actually they i was really honest with them and told them everything and that i was just trying to figure things out so they were really supportive um and then eventually and this is very recently actually it's a, it's been a, f a couple of months i think i decided that I'm going to take the next step <laughs> because I, I'm just, I've been on a roll this year, like just trying to <laughs> move forward as fast as I can because I felt like my life was on hold for 32 years. I'm 32 now or 31 years, let's say. My life was just on hold and I felt like it almost feels like, you know, when you hold your breath, that's how it felt mm -hmm. up until that point where I was like, I've had enough. I'm just doing what I want. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. Yeah, and then you wonder how you even went that long without realizing that you felt that way. Like in what world was nobody telling me that I was not my, happy? Yeah. Like, what does that say about the people around me? What does that say about me and the kind of awareness I have of what life should be? It's yeah. scary actually when you look back and like, oh my God, I was so unaware of, of everything, <laughs> you know? It's, um, yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. And I almost got into this cycle of, being really angry with myself for putting myself through that and not realizing how unha unhappy I was. But I spoke to my therapist about that and he said, you need to forgive yourself. Like it's understandable with everything that happened and the pressure and the 
manipulation and the emotional blackmail and everything that I grew up with, I forgive myself for not putting myself first. But from now, from that point until now and onwards, I am so much more aware and mindful of my mental health and my capacity, my limitations, what's good for me. Obviously, I'm still learning. Like, there's so much that I still don't know. Um, but I finally, finally, thank God, feel like I'm on the right path. And I feel like I'm aligned with what I want to do. Like, I don't dread getting up in the morning. I don't, I know that sounds really dark, but no, I, know, was, I would like, it would be Monday morning and I'd be like willing for Friday to arrive when I worked in like jobs that I hated. And then when it hits Sunday evening, that feeling like that anxiety of oh, it's Monday tomorrow. And oh it's my like, God, yeah. <laughs> It's being in a place that doesn't serve you and it's so draining. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. When you relax, are you really that relaxed? You can't no. be. Like now when, when, I, when I hang out with Thomas sometimes at night, I think, I actually told him that last week. I was like, imagine if we hated our lives or we hated our jobs. How, how much less relaxing would this be right now? This wouldn't even be nearly as fun as it is right now. Like imagine if we had this weight on us, you know, not to say that we don't have different worries sometimes or things are happening, but it makes a massive difference in, in even the way you get to enjoy the off time, you know, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's surreal actually, because I think a lot of people do live their lives like that. Like they work for the weekends and I don't, if it's, if it's a conscious decision, mm -hmm. I'm all for it. But I think we're stuck in this society where we just do what we think life is supposed to be. And we don't yeah. actually talk and think, what do I actually want? And like, I'm broke right now. I have literally, I'm in my overdraft. I don't have anything, but I'm so happy. I'm because I don't have, yeah. I'm aligned with what I want to do. And there's literally no price on happiness or mental health or anything like that. Um, so I'd much rather be poor and happy than be living a life that's just crushing my soul. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. Because anyway, yeah, no, I completely. It's a thin line, I think. You just need to have yeah. a balance whatever that means for you really. exactly the work-life balance is important and if and if nine to five is good for you because it offers you that structure and you are happy with your evenings and weekends because that's when you feel creative that's when you go you know touristing or you know you go to different places and you have you're happy to have your one or two holidays a year because that just keeps you balanced like you're in that happy flow then by all means that, that's your that's your jam yeah. but but if you're somebody who like needs a bit more flexibility or who's a bit more genuinely no criticism of nine to five I completely understand how that structure is important and as children like we have that nine to five in school we have that I see how it's embedded almost in our way of thinking and being and yeah. it, can, it can provide a lot of security I completely understand that um, yeah. but for those who don't like that um, and who rather you know a different sense of security in that they have maybe more control over their their activities in a day mm -hmm. but a different kind of control and that's then that's an option for you you know it's really really a, a mind thing and you know a, a preference but um yeah once you make that switch yeah there's always that risk of being poor and then and then you're actually poor <laughs> and then you're like okay so what do i do now but then you, when you find that fulfilling click you're like oh my god the rest is going to fall into place i'm going to be fine you know yeah. and suddenly you don't feel as poor like it's not that stress poor it's like that calm poor <laughs> when I did have money I still didn't have anything left at the end of the week because I was using it as a form of escapism mm -hmm. like I was going out to distract myself and doing things 
that weren't necessarily that good for me, but just using that money to take me out of myself. Whereas now I'm happy to just stare at a wall for an hour or read a book and do three things. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't require any spending, just being comfortable skin and doing the, like noticing the small, the subtleties in life and not, yeah, not, not kind of relying on external things as much. Um, so yeah. that's what that you think, um, which is really helpful. Yeah, no, that's a really good point actually is, is yeah. But, uh, and, and so what would you find like, so now you, you said that you changed jobs. Um, so you're working elsewhere. So how did you make that switch? And, um, so actually I don't have a job at the moment. Oh, apart from um, I left my job at the charity a couple of months ago because I wanted to try out, I just, I personally found the nine to five quite stressful. I found the commute and the tube and the, the rush hour. I was drained by the time I got into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that sounds, I, 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 I'm, maybe I am a little bit spoiled. I don't know. I just, I just struggled with it. I can't, I, I was just tired of feeling tired all the time with that routine. I needed a bit of a break from it. So I left and I decided to do some part-time work in a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. which was really fun actually um they were really lovely it was really fun it was nice to see how the studio worked um I met loads of really lovely teachers um it was just a really nice setting um so I decided to work there for a few I think a few weeks maybe a couple of months um and then I got offered a new job um with a yoga charity which I'm due to start next Monday ah yes that's the one I wanted to talk to you about yeah I'm in between jobs at the moment um, and I'm very 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 excited about the next the next step and working with this new charity because it's so aligned with what I'm passionate about and just what they're trying to achieve it's literally what I'd want to have myself in the future a charity and I'll explain shall I explain what what they do and yes yes go ahead so they provide actually I can tell you now I this because I'll be starting on Monday, I think this will be airing after. Yes. After I, yeah. yeah. I'll be working at a yoga charity called Armala. And they're a charity that provides free yoga classes for people see- seeking international um, um, protection um, in the UK. So refugees, survivors of trafficking, modern day slavery. Um, they also helped out with um, victims of the Grenfell Tower. Um, and th- so Armala is a yoga charity that provides free yoga to refugees, asylum seekers, anyone seeking international protection, um, also from trafficking, modern day slavery, victims of the Grenfell Tower as well. And it's just an incredible um, charity and they're involved in really amazing projects. And I feel really honored and privileged to actually be joining them. Um, so yeah, that's what I'll be doing next. And I think it ties in quite nicely with what I want to achieve with my own company. Mm-hmm. Um, my my take on yoga is mainly about the mental health, the spiritual kind of healing aspect of it, as opposed to the the physical, um, the physical, just the physical practice. Um, so yeah, I'm very very excited about about joining that. That's really exciting. And so you're saying that you. Um, would want to do that one day. You want to have a charity one day, yeah? I'd love to, honestly. If I ha- could afford 
providing free yoga to everyone now I honestly would I think it's an amazing just an amazing mm. and yeah I think so many people need it and the people that most need it can't afford it yeah yeah no that's very true it's just yeah. such a healing practice so yeah I think that's the best thing we could offer people um yeah. who need it into a margin of society that maybe feel a little bit isolated and yeah ignored um so it's nice to actually inject that energy and that time into them and know that you know they're not forgotten or invisible that you know there are people that care and you and i know the the magic of yoga with mm. mental health like i honestly i'm still in awe of how much it's done for me um and it's scientifically proven as well to help yeah 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 and every time everyone's it's like oh yeah yeah it's like this culty thing you guys are just all, you know a little woohoo i'm like okay okay fine fine i know i sound like a hippie right now Let's take a look at science then for a moment. Like, let's just do that for a second. You know what I mean? It's, that, that's fine. Now let's look at how doctors are using yoga. Let's look at how university students of medicine, like in Canada and in many countries, are having to understand mindfulness and meditation. Let's look at how psychologists are using yoga and, and mindfulness. Cognitive behavioral therapy is based on mindfulness of everything that's happening. Mindfulness-based psychology, that's a field of psychology. It's a science. Need I go on? <laughs> It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And it's going to become more and more. And the more that the Yoga Alliance regulates yoga and regulates, you know, how you can help people and regulates. And even the fact that they're very weird about the word therapy and healing. Um, if you're an RYT person, uh, like an, an RYT, a registered Yoga Alliance yoga instructor, um, using the words like healing and therapy and what you offer or therapeutic, they're quite careful about those things as well, like with the insurance and all that, just because yeah, they just want to protect themselves, which also means that they're, they're very careful of, about regulating what yoga instructors can offer and how, which is a good thing. Um, not to say that yoga is not fundamentally therapeutic, because it is, and Yoga Alliance knows this. Um, it's more just so that there's no abuse of power, abuse of, um, you know, the wrong person saying, I can heal you kind of thing. So they're just trying to be a bit more careful about those things. Um, and we talked about this last time um, as well the regulations and how they're making you have to have at least a 500 hour now to lecture. Um, so what do you think about the changes with the yoga Alliance? I so I didn't know about that until you mentioned it. Mm. Uh, I mean, have you seen the Bikram documentary, Bikram Chowdhury documentary on Netflix? Yes. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, that in itself says it all. I mean, you know, the way some teachers abuse their power and, yeah are just horrible horrible people i know i know it's uh yeah why don't we tell the listeners a little bit about what, what the, the bikram scandal was yeah um so yeah bikram chowdhury claims to have invented the bikram method of yoga which is done in a hot room and there's a set 26 postures that you you repeat twice um and there's a documentary on netflix that goes into a lot more detail about his questionable criminal um teaching styles yeah and just the way he treated his students, women in particular, and everyone appeared to like worship this person. And, you know, he was like a guru, which I kind of struggle, I struggle with that term a little bit. Um, and yeah, just, just the way he manipulated them and abused them, he abused his power. Um, I think that is quite scary and that's where cults are formed and mm -hmm. 
you can get hurt and there's a lot of damage and trauma, um, a lot of abuse. Um, and yeah, I think because of thing, incidents like that, it does need to be regulated, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't quite know where I stand with it because there is a really thin line. Like if it weren't for people like that, and if everyone had good wills and good intentions. Yeah, we wouldn't have to do it so much. Yeah, I guess it's with every profession though, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. That kind of take abuse and... Well, especially when you're helping people. And I think that's a really important distinction to make when we're talking about yoga and cults. If anyone's wondering why yoga is considered, like why sometimes people think that it's culty, um, it's because of the fact that people are joining together with, with a similar ideal or a similar goal or a similar path or similar beliefs. So it's perceived as religion or cult. But the difference between the toxic things that happen, like you said, and a regular quote unquote yoga journey is that one leads to damage and abuse and rape and you know, criminal behavior. And the other one does not. Um, one is literally really people joining in something that means something to them. It, there's a sense of community and a sense of like connection between people. The other one is codependence and unhealthy dynamics, manipulation, and there's a master. Not the same thing. Whereas in a normal yoga dynamic or like a healthy yoga dynamic, we have everybody's a teacher, everybody's a student. There's no, and we're a community. So I just want to make that distinction as well in case people are wondering like, oh, this sounds a little bit culty. Yeah, no. Cult is what we said. It causes damage. And non-cult makes people leave happier and not manipulated and they feel like they can do whatever they want with their lives. Yeah. Right. So... I think that's important to know. And also that abuse of power, we talked about it with psychologists as well. Every time you're talking to somebody vulnerable, where they're, they're desperate and they're willing to do whatever because they're hurt, heartbroken, in grief, having a panic attack, whatever it is, they're going to look to that person they think is going to heal them and give them everything. And people do that with yoga instructors, which is a really good thing because you know you, they open up, but it's difficult because we're not necessarily willing or able to help people like that. But the worst part is, you know, we can just say, you know, I can't help you with this. And then we refer them somewhere else. But the wrong person will say, oh, yes, yes, let me help you. Let me guide you. And next thing you know, you're in a situation like that or like the Patabi Joyce situations or the, you know, all of those situations where, yeah, you're abusing of people and they're, and they're willing. Because people wonder, how do they not realize they were being raped? It's like, but they looked up to this person probably in a very dark time. And suddenly this person awoke something in them before the abuse started and they can't tell the difference anymore or worse yet, they know, but they're so afraid that everything that they believe in and their whole happiness is going to shatter if they let it go. And because they're victims of trauma, they don't want to go back there. So they're picking the lesser of two evils kind of, but I mean, you know, yeah, it is it really, it's terrifying. And so, yeah. It's, it's a bit scary. But the regulations, I think, are good for... And I think, if nothing else, it's good to, uh, to have regulations because it does, it does give the practice a bit more respect, you know? Sometimes people don't realize what it takes to be a yoga instructor. They don't realize what it takes, you know, to be, to be a good teacher, to be a good... Um, it's not enough to just have practice for a long time or to be very flexible. Like, there's something in being a yoga instructor... Being a teacher in general, but being a yoga instructor... The, the, how holistic it is and how mm-hmm. intricate and complex it is like there's something to, to be said about that so yeah. I think for that reason regulations are important to help weed out I, I don't think it'll 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 confirm the value of a teacher but it but it might discredit some people who are doing the wrong thing so yeah. that's that's a good I mean, start yeah 
you said, um, as a yoga teacher, we're not there to heal or to tell people how to live their lives. So in a way, I would assume that the, the regulations wouldn't affect te yoga teachers who are doing it how they should. And normally, yeah. yeah. Because they're not out to change people or um, it's not about us as yoga teachers. It never is. Like my yoga classes are never about me. It doesn't matter if I can't do a pose or I make a mistake or I look silly or, I, you know, it's not about me. As long as everyone else has enjoyed it and got something out of it, that's all that matters. Yeah. With the, the Bikram example, for example, he kind of, it was all about him. He wanted it to be all about his ego, his needs, his desires, um, which is completely against yoga philosophy. Like yeah. it's not yoga. If you're, if, you're, if you're fat shaming people or calling them lames and labeling them and shouting at them and abusing them, that's so far from yoga. That's just abuse. Like it's not yoga. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yoga should be, I mean, and we've even had conversations in our yoga training of teachers. Like what didn't one of our, our classmates tell us about the really mean teachers that they had. Remember like, Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Maybe don't do that. Things like yeah. that, you know, I left crying and this was during our teacher training. Yeah. He was so harsh, and I don't want to say his name because he's quite well known, but he was so harsh. And he kept picking on me and I was not having a good day. I just wanted to go off and just be with myself and be guided and not have to think for an hour. But he just kept coming and like prodding and like just saying, you know, you can't do that. So get out of the pose. Don't even try. Um, and then at the end, he did a Shavasana where he was talking about how, you know, our minds need to be flexible and accepting. And I was just like, that's so contradictory to what you just, <laughs> the way you just taught. Um, and maybe some people like being pushed and shouted at. Like that kind of aggressive kind of teaching style but um, was this during I, the training that we had this was during that period but i went to a course or a, uh, a class um whilst i was training and it made me doubt myself as a teacher even i was just like can i do this because i can't do that pose so is he trying to imply that maybe i it's not like i'm not a good yogi um but there is no good or bad like there is no, no, no. It's like it's according to his perception that i couldn't that i wasn't good in his eyes um, and I just don't, I don't think that's how teachers should make other people feel, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love the way we were taught in our teacher training. Like, it was so yeah. non dramatic. And, like, I know some teachers that go into their class and they go into a headstand <laughs> first thing. And you're just like, this isn't about you. Who cares if you can do that? It makes yeah. no difference to me as a student. And if anything, I'm intimidated now. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's very, I, I find it honestly a little bit pretentious, like a bit obnoxious. Yeah. Like you're just going to get into like the most complicated pose and be like, hi everyone, you're so lucky to be coming to my class. And it's like, ugh, now I want to leave. Like you've just annoyed me now. Like, why are you doing this? Like you're doing it for other people. You're, this is what, you, you know, if you have a complex, this is going to sound a bit rude, but if you have a complex, please take it up in your own studio, like in your own practice, please. But don't, don't give it to your students. It's like when you, I did ballet growing up for many years. And that's one thing if the teachers are going to be strict. In my head, ballet dancer, ballet teachers were strict. <laughs> so they were mean and you did kind of leave feeling a bit, oh, okay. But yoga, as soon as anyone talks to me like that in the yoga room, I'm like, okay, we're finished here. This is, <laughs> this is not for me. This is not happening. Not because I can't handle it, but because I'm not going to have my yoga instructor speak to me, you know, like that. It's yoga. We're, we're all on the same level, really, yeah. at the end of the day. So why would you speak to me like that? Why would you criticize me? If you're helping me, telling me that's not, you're hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah, sure. But being like, you know, cringing or whatever like that, that's a bit, 
Yeah. Okay, and then I just want to leave. We're really vulnerable and we looked up to this teacher and they spoke to us that way. That would really hurt me and I'd want, I'd seek their approval. If I was really vulnerable, I'd be like, but I want you to like me and I'd maybe continue going to their class and it would be this habitual cycle of yeah. just damage and abuse and like not getting what you should be getting out of yoga. Um, so yeah, I, can totally I completely agree with the approval thing. That's a really important point. People look for the approval of their coach or their yoga instructor and it's like, oh boy, like you, you shouldn't want me to accept you. You know, you like, and, 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 you know, there should be no uh, reaching for approval or wanting to gain the approval of the other with, with teacher and student anyway, like on either, you know, but the student should feel a hundred percent accepted, a hundred percent willing to be and do whatever they feel in that moment, which is why private lessons also help students do that as well. Cause you can really focus on them and be like, this is entirely your practice more than any other practice, if anything entirely yours and someone's here to guide you in case you need something you know yeah. which is what gives a lot of release to people um but i did want to ask you as well so if you were to have a charity for yoga what kind of charity would you have and what would you like what would your ideal charity be okay so um i really would love to tap into my community um so the Turkish Kurdish people living in London. Okay. Uh, I'd love to be able to provide them with a space where they can actually just let go and move their body and not be concerned about what other people may think about them because my community is so concerned about people gossiping or their reputation or their honor, their dignity, like all these things that they're trying to um maintain and upkeep and it's at the cost of like relationships like at the cost of disowning your daughter for example like, disown me because of you know their reputation and like what other people will say and like mm -hmm. how it goes these traditions and cultures and um i'd really love to be able to provide them with an outlet um and just women that feel women that are struggling i think that those are the two areas that I feel really passionate about. I feel really passionate about helping women in general, just because I think we're still disadvantaged, we're still struggling, um, and there's still an inequality. And although women do tend to do yoga a lot more than men, um, I think th those, are the, those are just the two areas that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So it would, be, it would be a charity to help people that maybe don't speak the language. So I speak Turkish, so that could that could work quite well and it just gives them an opportunity to try something that they maybe haven't tried before and I know a lot of people in my community that struggle with their mental health and they don't even know it like they don't yeah. even know how life could be because they're just in this familiar pattern of behavior and I just want to show them that there's more to life and just empower them if that yeah. makes sense no, that does make sense. That's really nice. And I think, you know, you'd be able to relate to them. Like, it's one thing if I went to these kinds of people and was like, honestly, you have nothing to worry about. They'd be like, okay, white girl, like <laughs> from Canada, like get out of the studio. <laughs> like it's, it's a little bit patronizing. It's like, really, do you understand white girl? <laughs> but, <I> mean, <laughs> but you, but you, yeah, like, I feel like it would be so different and be able to speak to them and language is so so important that comfort we feel when someone speaks the same language as us in the mm -hmm. same way though mm -hmm. um you know um 
and we come from the same place, like we understand there's nothing that, that makes somebody feel as at home as something like that, you know? It, it, yeah, it's not just hearing English, for example, sometimes or hearing, you know, because of course everybody speaks English, that doesn't make me feel, you know, but if someone's Canadian, then I might be like, oh, well, that's so comforting, right? Or like, even just French, I'm like, oh my God, you speak French and like proper, like either, you know, um, it's, it's always this nice, yeah this feeling it's that nothing nothing makes you feel it and it sneaks up on you and you suddenly you're like whoa this feels so comforting especially in a place where you know you 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 were not born there and you know there's so that always helps i feel so passionate about this charity that i'll be working with because i've been there like i came to the uk as a refugee and you know i gained citizenship and all of that i've been through that process and i've seen my family struggle trying to integrate here and yes they could have made more of an effort but I now empathize with them and I understand how difficult it must have been and how scary it must have been to come here with nothing and two <laughs> kids yeah <laughs> that, what, what do you do with that and also I think the reason why I want to tap into my community is because I am the only person in my community to have gone outside of the norm yeah and I want to just encourage other women young women who think that the only way that there is is to follow this path that was created to them by their family, which is very common in my culture. So you, you, you know, you study something reputable, you get married to a Turkish man, you have kids and that's it. That's, that's the kind of life that is set out for you. And I just want to empower them and give them a sense of liberation and freedom and control over their bodies and just help them feel how I felt after my first yoga class, realizing that there's another way to life and I don't have to just conform and feel trapped in this, society that's been kind of so rigid and um yeah and I know so many people that are in, in the same situation as me but that just haven't taken that leap yeah. of like and just gone for it um yeah oh yeah and it's so scary as well and as soon as you don't have that high anymore you think that you've made the wrong decision like be, as soon as it's not easy the whole time, you're like, oh, no, 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 this is why I shouldn't have done it. And it's like, well, no, no, it's still regular life that you, you will have bad days within this new lifestyle, but <laughs> it remains the right decision for you if, you know, and then continue the sentence, whatever. But um, yeah, and it might not be for everybody, but at least it will open up their minds to something different that they can then incorporate into their lives. Even if they, they're like, no, no, I love that. They'll be doing it more mindfully. It'll be chosen. Exactly. Rather yeah. than enforced like you know rather than just received and kind of like oh okay i'm a victim now at least and we talked about this with religion as well you had said um I, it would have been one thing if i had rediscovered my religion or or had the choice to follow that religion but because it was so imposed on me i don't want to yeah. speak for you you had said that but yeah um, I, I used the phrase like i wish i'd i'd met the religion before i'd met the religious people <laughs> yeah so imposed on me and so forceful and out of fear like, don't do this because you'll go to hell. Don't do this because God is watching. It's a sin. You can't eat that. You can't do this. Like, there was no positivity out of it for yeah. me. Um, and I think if I had it had a different experience with it, it would have been completely different today. And I've got nothing about religion. It's just the way it can be used against people and the way yeah. it can be to, um, to control people. That's the only yeah. thing. That could be with anything, like, not just religion. Um, but, yeah, because it's so culture and religion and traditions are so prominent in the Turkish and Kurdish community there's no there's no room for individuality mm -hmm. or expressing yourself as anything other than that and that's what I really want to tap into and whatever that may be I just want to give people a foundation or like a space a safe space to just explore who they are and grow and 
build some strength and courage and just have like a base, a community of people that are accepting and won't judge them. And it's just like a big hug, basically. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. Is the metaphor for just a big hug. I just want to help people feel themselves, whatever that may be. And yeah, exactly. I've been on the receiving end of not being myself for so long. And um, yeah, it's just an, an amazing feeling. Yeah. And when, and when a student or somebody has, or even yourself, you know, you have that, that release and you start to cry and it's like, not sadness. It's just like this release. And you're like, is it joy? Is it, but I think it's just release. Like this, all the pain, all the tension is just coming out. And then you, you find yourself crying and then kind of laughing because you feel lighter and happier. And you're like, what is happening? (laughs) You're like, what's going on? Um, But it's like one of the most pure and not not even peaceful just joyous feelings when it happens you're like oh my god this is such a nice feeling like a a nice happy cry is even better than a than a another cry it's like the best kind of cry (laughs) because cries are all good cries are good but that cry is just like oh my god it's like milestone you know you're like wow this is everything (laughs) it's oh yeah it's the best feeling and when you go through that or you see someone go through that you're like oh yes like you've connected to and you can have the most unbelieving of people tell you that they had a breakdown in a yoga class like I used to think you were crazy but the other day I cried in pigeon I'm like yeah you did yeah you cried in pigeon (laughs) oh I know (laughs) you go girl yeah you did so it's just like yeah and like how did you feel you know and it's just like I don't even understand why just or I was in down dog and suddenly it's like because you connected like you felt you felt that feeling that was a strange it's like you when you haven't seen someone in a long time and you start to it's that same feeling because you haven't seen yourself in a long time in a way. Like it sounds cheesy, but it's because you haven't connected to yourself in a long time. And suddenly it's that feeling of, hi, oh my God, it's been so long, which is a sense of relief. So in a way, yeah, you've connected to yourself. So I felt that for the first time in our yoga teacher training. Mm. The first time I came to that room and we all went around in a circle and spoke about ourselves, I was just like, oh my God, people like this actually exist. I felt like we were all just like one and there was no judgment in the room and there was so much acceptance and everyone was so vulnerable and honest about why they were there and I honestly didn't even know that kind of community existed and so that's what I'd like love to create for other people where there's just no filter and everything's just open and pure and honest and there's no good or bad um yeah, because I didn't know that existed with because coming from like a culture where there are so many rules and regulations and rigid good and bad, yes and wrong. It was just liberating to be in an environment where everything was just as it was and yeah. there was no So or, true, so true. And the way we were able to like laugh at ourselves if we fell out of a pose or you know, and we'd trip and fall over and just look at each other and laugh and be like, It's okay, you fell, but like at least now you're not afraid of being upside down. Like it's okay. Like yeah. <laughs> and we would just laugh and even when we talked about the topics that we had oh and then the last class when everyone cried like oh my god <laughs> I thought for sure I'd be able to get hold it together and by the time it got to my turn I was like for crying out loud Jonathan <laughs> I couldn't hold it together and then I don't remember who was next to me wanted to hug me and I was like no 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 <laughs> like thank you but no <laughs> it was just so much emotion but I couldn't believe the side of people that was there like it was incredibly connecting it was so beautiful it was like yeah it was was really beautiful 
So human. So human. Yeah. And because that's what we want at the end of the day, isn't it? We're not all mean. Like, it's not true that this world is a terrible place, you know? And like, people do want connection and they want to feel loved and they want to feel accepted. And and that's scientifically proven as well. Like, you know, um, anthropologists have studied this as well. And, you know, we're social beings, you know? We, 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 we thrive in community and in, you know, yeah. uh, but we also know how to destroy each other, unfortunately. So. But but keeping with the positive stuff, um, I wanted to ask you, so what would you have as advice to, to new yoga teachers or to yoga teachers in general uh, to, in terms of, um, in this crazy yoga world, <laughs> what advice do you have about, you know, building community, uh, uh, staying focused on what you can offer as a yoga instructor, um, how to get out there, what would your advice be? Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my biggest advice and something that our yoga teacher instructor told us in our course was is to remain authentic to yourself. And I honestly can't stress that enough um, in any aspect, in your teaching, how you um, promote yourself, um, how you even like, um, what's the word? How you present yourself mm. like any, any, in any situation. And I say that because I personally am really bored of seeing the same thing because someone else has done it. And like, just that like pretentious, typical yogis that like, ugh, I don't want to offend anyone. So I feel a bit bad. Like, no, 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 say it because I think a lot of people are thinking it as well. I know yeah. I am. <laughs> I'm so bored of this filtered content where it's not real life. Like I just want people to just be real and human and um, themselves, whatever that may be. And I honestly believe that if you are that really, really um, honest with yourself and in tune with yourself and authentic, your students will come and find you, your community will come and find you. And it may take a while, like it may take a while to go and find them or for them to find you. But as long as you stay on track with what's in line with what you truly want to cultivate, that's the most important thing because it's really I find that it's really transparent if you try to be someone else or pick up on like other things that other people are doing and trying to replicate them like exactly as they've done it or trying to be someone else basically um I just yeah authenticity is really important consistency is really important just keep going um there's a lot of rejection in the yoga world a lot of rejection um so you've got to be fairly thick skinned and open to feedback, open to criticism. And when you say rejection, do you mean like, cause you've made proposals to let's say corporate places for corporate yoga or yoga studios? Um, yeah, yeah I know it's a tough world. So many like yeah. um, emails and like make so many con try to make contacts and people have just not got back to me or I've said, no, we don't want that. Um, maybe some people aren't just ready for it as well. Like I've approached a lot of schools and like, companies that I would I think yoga would be really beneficial for but they're just not quite ready for it and you kind yeah. of have to be ready for people just not getting it just yet getting you know your what what yoga's about I guess um so yeah being a bit thick-skinned and not taking things personally um in terms of actual teaching style I had a bit of a predicament like a while ago actually um I had to go and teach in an MMA, MMA cage. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really intense. <laughs> it was really, really like 
surreal actually I got there and like before the class started I saw two of the students put each other in a headlock and started wrestling um just before the class <laughs> yeah. yeah as one does yeah <laughs> every Wednesday <laughs> no problem and I was in their class and I think they used to like a power yoga class slash Pilates style class yeah. and as I was teaching I said like some of my hippy dippy things like you know send your heart beyond your knee and try to you know be in tune with what's going on inside and they were not impressed mm. like looked at each other and they kind of like just not not quite quite um they didn't quite understand my style and it really really got to me um, during the class like I was checking the time and trying to like rush through it so I could like finish the class because I was like they're clearly not enjoying it and then when I walked home that day I realized that that was ab absolutely fine like yeah. that's my style of teaching and not everybody has to like it but I can't like adapt my personality and my my vision of yoga to every single person it's just how I teach and it's okay if some people don't like it or don't understand it so I think you also need to just be aware of that aspect of teaching that it might not be for everyone and that's fine yeah exactly and as much as yoga you know like I personally believe in this is really just an opinion that there it, there should be some level of 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 yoga-ness to a yoga class otherwise it doesn't feel completely like yoga in my opinion there should be some level of like what you just said the hippy dippy stuff otherwise to me it just feels like pilates or like a yoga workout class like yoga blast like that you would find at a gym personally and there's nothing wrong with that within that frame of of training or whatever but to me there should be something and i think people expect that of the yoga world like there's going to be a level of mindfulness and a level of being aware and you know maybe even some vocabulary that's different um so people who sigh or look at each other during a yoga class, I feel like you would have had that even if you had it more upbeat. You know, yeah. maybe yoga was just not for them. They just wanted a stretch class. That's a different yeah. thing as well. They should have packaged it that way when they asked you or whatever it was that happened, you know. Mm -hmm. um, or, or, and, and, but more to the point, like you said, you can't change the way that you teach. If mm -hmm. someone doesn't like the way that you teach, unfortunately, then sorry, but I'm not the teacher for you. Like, it's, you know, if someone sighs when I teach, because I'm trying to teach you alignment so that you don't hurt yourself. Sigh if you want, but I'm actually looking out for you here. So yeah. it hurts because it's, um, we feel rejected, but I don't know. I feel like rejection is a decision we make. If something doesn't work out, it, are we feeling rejected because that's, that's how we, we've understood no, or that's how we've understood, oh, that didn't click, that didn't work, mm -hmm. that's rejection? Like, is it a decision we make when we're rejected? Even if someone says, no, I don't like you, like, have we actually been rejected or have we been have they just stated their opinions and now we know and we're going to go elsewhere? That's so interesting. I've, I guess just, I've just wondered that. And people write that sometimes. They're like, oh, you've not been rejected. You've been redirected. And it's like, not just with business though. Is it not with people as well? Like if someone says, oh my God, I really don't like you. It's like, okay, but am I going to change? No. Mm -hmm. If I did something wrong, I will like, we'll address that. But if you don't like me, then now I'm going to go elsewhere to somebody else who likes me, you know? So I think it's, it, it, maybe it's a decision we make as well. So maybe that's some good advice for people. Don't take it on. Like you're not asking for permission to be a yoga instructor or to teach the way that you teach. You're just there to teach because you know what you're doing. And some people will like it and some people won't, but you still don't have to ask permission or seek approval. Yep. Yep. Just and you can't, you can't yeah. possibly please everyone. Um, no, God, so no. Yeah.
especially something so personal like that, you know, it's way, I almost find if you're going to do like intense yoga blasts, you're going to please more people. Cause even if they hate you, they'll be like, yeah, but that was a good workout. So it's almost easier to make the, to make, to make people happy with like an intense workout than it is for some kind of more personal thing. Cause people resist those things a lot more. Um, but yeah. And, and then, uh, so we talked about getting out there, community, all that. What else, what other advice do you have in general? Maybe I didn't mention anything. Um, to have your own personal practice. Mm. Very, very, very important. And I know it's really difficult sometimes to find the time to do any yoga. Um, but honestly, I don't know if I could teach it if I didn't really feel the benefits of what mm. I was doing. Like I, it's almost like talking from experience and like trying to incorporate things that make me feel good. Like I know that this feels nice. So I want to try it out with other people and see if they like it. And you can't just do it by theory and like make a script up in your head or a sequence up in your head and be like, Oh, that'll work. You kind of have to try it out, see what inspires you. Um, and really believe in the practice. And I think if you really believe in the practice, you'll kind of incorporate it into your life and it becomes more of like a lifestyle rather than a chore. Um, because I remember our yoga instructor in that teacher training was saying, if you don't have your own practice, it's, you're just going to lose your passion for it. Yeah. It's just yeah. a job. And it, it, I mean, it is a job, but it's so much more than that. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think that's what makes it so taxing as well. It, you know, it, just not a criticism, but because we're always teaching or in the teaching mindset, every time we practice, we're thinking, and, and me as well. Oh, should I film this? Is this a teachable moment? Should I incorporate this into my teaching? Should I put this in? And we never have just our own practice that we don't mm. tell anybody about where we're not learning to teach. We're just learning because we're students too. You know, we're, we're, it's so easy to then immediately become a teacher again, which I think is good as a teacher. You should want to keep studying, keep learning. And it's such a quality, but like anything else, there's another side to it. And then you never allow yourself the time to just practice. So yeah, I, even I've considered now having completely separate times where like, this is my personal practice, no exception. And this mm -hmm. is time where um, if I'm feeling inspired, I'll film it. It'll be a teachable moment. I'll use it as part of something that I teach. And I've, I've had to separate them because otherwise there's no me time yeah, yeah, ever, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Have you why you did it in the first place. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then you're so bombarded on Instagram that you're like, wait, but remember before I had Instagram, how much I was connected to my practice and how little I judged myself or cared about anything like this? Yeah. It was, I need to get back to that feeling right now. Like once a day, what is yoga? Why am I doing it? Why did I spend all this time and money and effort and devotion to this practice? Like why have I completely transformed my life to devote myself to this practice? <laughs> yeah. Why am I here? You know, you need to ask yourself why, like, as much as you need, to, as much as you can, always. Um, I completely agree. And it doesn't even have to be a physical practice, like hmm. we, we were taught. It can be just five minutes of breathing, yeah. reading even on like yoga yeah. philosophy, anything, anything that takes you back to the practice. Even this conversation, frankly, like to me, this is like, yes, this is what I need today. You know what I mean? It's like the best feeling. Um, and that's another thing about community, like put making yourself vulnerable. So like when I, um, my first public group class was a cover class and I did it because I was just like, I'm saying yes to things now. I'm just doing it because you know, mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And so I trekked to the, like the gym that I was, um, covering at and there were 32 people in the class. And this oh my God. Like, yeah. I remember you mentioned, yeah. yeah, it was honestly terrifying. But in that moment I was just like, 
this is happening right now. It's happening. Just let go. Whatever happens, happens. At least you've tried and it's an experience and you'll learn from it. And I think that's really important when you're putting yourself out there with something new. You have to take the plunge and take some risks and just see, see what happens and yeah. not be afraid of the outcome. Like you were saying, the magic is in the effort. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we finished each other's sentences. <laughs> No, but it's true. It's hundred percent. It's really daunting to teach. It's going to be scary, but just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And every chance you have to get out of your comfort zone, because otherwise you won't know what you can offer. You won't be able to niche down. You won't be able to find your yoga voice. You won't be able to do any of those things without a couple coming classes here and there. You know, you need to be like, wow, that was not for me to know what is for you. So you know, you can't just sit there like, I think this is the kind of yoga teacher I am. No, no, like. What yoga teacher do you want to be? Go. Because you might find something that you never thought. Like you might end up being a specialist in pregnancy yoga suddenly and you never would have thought that, you know? Like you are. <laughs> That's kind of why I said that, yeah. I know. Honestly, once you say yes to things and like some doors open, you end up in places that you never, ever thought you'd ever be in. It's so, so. More doors as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much abundance in yoga. There really, really is. It's one of those things that just keeps giving and keeps multiplying. And you think, oh, there's so many yoga teachers. Yeah, but there's so many, there are so many avenues for teaching. There really are. It's the most amazing thing. So it's a mindset shift you have to make. Um, and if anything, the more yoga teachers, the better, because the more people are going to gravitate towards them and the more people who need you are going to find you. If anything, it's better, you know? Um, and I truly believe that we're all unique. Like we're all yeah. different. You'll, you'll definitely have something that someone else does that just can't offer yeah. um, stay true to yourself and it will work out and there's like you said there's so many different options and yeah. journeys paths to take in yoga there's like not even like we we deal with ashtanga yoga there's like karma yoga back to yoga there's so many other paths as well yeah. you know it's just so so broad there's so much to it there really really is and, and you know you hold the view that you don't want there to be any more yoga teachers it that's you talking from your ego because why like why is it about you and your own gain from it like if you if you're truly doing it for the the true purpose of like just spreading the positivity of yeah. yoga the benefits of yoga you'd want everyone to do it and everyone to have access to it and like i'd want to be redundant like by the end of my life like i'd want everyone that i taught to just be able to do it themselves and like not need like you know yeah. just do the thing and um just empower people rather than monopolize it or want to kind of yeah be the best teacher and be the like guru you know um and even even that thing with like you know with yoga brands and stuff like you can all do yoga like me now it's like i don't know how i feel about that to be honest like i don't know how do you feel about that like what 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 do you mean like big yogis being like, like branding themselves. And so now suddenly everybody who's practiced with them, or everybody who follows them on Instagram is like, they're kind of yoga, they're kind of yogi. Like you can be like me too. And it, they're, they're making it, they're packaging it like it's some kind of community. But to me, it doesn't feel like that. You have this one big follower and suddenly it's like, they own that sphere of like, should it not be something a lot more free? A lot more, I don't know. I do, I struggle with that term. You can be like me, like the word me, reminds me of just the ego again and I know I keep going on about this but what is it that you want them like oh well they don't necessarily say me like they say you can be like I'm trying not to use names here but they basically say you can be like yoga turtle and yeah. 
but they're yoga turtles. So really, you're saying you can all be like me, <laughs> like, and and you know, and I understand you're trying to build an idea of community, but you're building it upon yourself. Like that to me is extremely ego driven. You're not telling yeah. them that they have the power to do whatever they're capable of. <clears throat> you're saying everything they want to be one of these two, and it's like no, but they're one of them too, and they happen to do yoga. I don't know. I feel like it's very, it's a fine line, and maybe I'm pulling out hairs here or splitting hairs here, but I do think it's different. Personally. I completely agree. I see what you yeah. mean now. I think it mm. implies something within them and only them, whereas it's something that yoga is something completely separate to us. It's something mm-hmm. that we incorporate and internalize and interpret and adapt to who we are, but yeah. it's something that's available to everyone and yeah. you're already it. Like, you don't even need to try. Yoga comes to you. It yes. You. Oh, yeah, like it, it is you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's exactly, it, and you take somebody like that versus, and now I'm going to mention her because I'm saying good things, Tara Styles. <laughs> Tara, mm-hmm. I like Tara Styles, and her thing is practicing ease, so she's created her own kind of yoga called Strala Yoga, and it's mm-hmm. very ease-like, and she used to be a dancer, and so you can see that natural flow, but it's not, you can be like me, it's just, this happens to be called Strala Yoga, and they have many studios and now they have a special teacher training for Strala people and Strala yogis. And it's just a, a form of practicing yoga. That's way different to me than you can now also be a, you, you know what I mean? Like you're not following a brand. This is just a kind of practice like Ashtanga or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a method. Like I've tried this method. That's it. There you go. Why don't you also give it a go? And if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You can be a yogi. This isn't the only way, like. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm going to pause it for a second because... So, so what other advice do you have for yogis in line with this or other? Um, I think the other one that I've, I found out during a period where I was doing loads of cover classes is that it's very easy to lose track of um, a work-life balance. You can sometimes end up working seven days a week and not even realize it. And like you were saying, like you, because you work for yourself and like you do your own branding and everything, you can sometimes lose track of like the fact that you haven't left the house for a day or like mm-hmm. doing something where you're on your own, essentially, yeah. can be a little bit disorientating. Um, so you have to really, really manage your time, manage your days, manage your life. You don't have like the routine of nine to five with yoga teaching. Yeah, where you can clock out and then that's it. You don't have to worry about anything, yeah. You essentially have to do everything yourself. Unless you're working for one studio or two studios and you're kind of set. Um, mm-hmm. Not the reality of it though, when you start. Even, even so, I feel like I'm the kind of person that, that always is thinking of more or backup or what else. And not, not like in a scarcity way, but just in a practical way. And just, I've always done that, which like to a fault sometimes, but I think you always think of more and this and that and how you can evolve. And I think most people anyway, but yeah, let's say if you're doing that, maybe it's a bit easier, but if, yeah, yeah. if you're self-employed or you're doing all the things and if, it's, it's like, when your yeah. hobby becomes your job, mm-hmm. I find like you just, because you love what you're doing, you don't realize you're working like all the time. You're thinking all the time and you need a break from even that, even though you enjoy it. And you love doing it. You just need to take a step back and be like, have I actually had a day off in the last month or, you know, however long? And you just really need to be conscious and aware of your routine, your schedule, not burn yourself out, especially if you demonstrate all of your classes. You really, really take care of your body, um, not overdo it. And yeah, just be mindful, mindful of your body and your mind. 
whilst you're pouring that energy into other people just be aware of you know doing the same for yourself yeah i I think personal practice is important maybe because that that doesn't it absolutely and it brings you right back down like it it brings you as soon as you start thinking only corporate or business or whatever it brings you right back down to like how simple it can be and how much of where you are now was aside from business Mm. and there's so much that you already have at your disposal without complicating it like really making that distinction between like the business aspect of things and you know yeah all of that stuff social media and 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 just bring it back down to your practice and then remaining authentic like you said there's so so much of what we are capable of as teachers and business owners whatever that is aside from anything that we learn in business or in anything that we do and another trick is like if you're going to think about it this way and this is what i do as well if i'm thinking of all the things that i'm doing and i'm thinking that i should hire somebody for this and hire somebody for that if i'm going to find that too expensive the first thing I need to do is realize how much I'm actually working on that thing and then think, wow, I would not want to pay someone because it's a lot of work. And then I'm realizing how much work I'm doing. So then I'm like, Oh, how can I cut that down? And then if then I still want to hire, then at least I've, then we're going to get into the whole hiring talk and we don't have to. But if you think of hiring for all the things that you do, it will actually make you see how much you do. And then you're thinking, ah, do I want to be doing that much of that or that much of that? Or maybe I can do it differently. And you don't have to have a new blog post every week or every day. Like you can do it every two weeks if you're a yoga instructor between 14 hours a week. Like you don't have to do things a certain way. You can do it. So and that's, that's an advice. That's advice as well for yoga teachers who have blogs or podcasts or they teach privates and they teach at a studio and they maybe are a studio manager somewhere else or they maybe do some other freelance work. Yeah. Listen, you know, any new managing social media accounts, you're trying to stay up to date with all your marketing and stuff you you need to get that stuff like solid before you even think of hiring because then you're just spending money the way you were spending your time yep you you need to be really mindful of your time then you'll be able to be mindful about any outsourcing that you do if ever and just uh, it just makes you it just shines light on how much time you're spending on what you're doing and uh, and even when they say you know yoga teachers you charge a lot it's like yeah but look at all the work we're doing outside the class forget getting there where you, where the student is or the studio yeah. there's so much work there's so much training there's so much self-study there's so much in mind to make everybody feel as as helped as possible at the end of the class you know so yeah. much work that goes into it um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is there is a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. um but going back to like what you were saying about um you don't have to do blog posts every day like be mindful of your like how you're going about what you're doing. And I feel, I feel like that closely ties into another piece of advice, which is to never compare yourself yes. to anyone's progress, their journey, their accomplishments, because that's just going to really make you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. If someone's doing a lot better than you, you're just going to constantly be putting yourself down. And like, you don't want that negative mindset. Just focus on your own journey, your own path, and things will happen and come to fruition. Fruition? Fruition. Fruition. <laughs> that's the one Um, (laughs) and yeah your time will come whenever it will come and there's always a reason for how things work out just yeah try not to pay attention to too like too much to what other people are doing just be happy for them that it's happening for them now and maybe it'll happen for you and like another time and that's absolutely fine there's no rush or that's it that's it and also I think to find blessing in what you're doing and not just what you receive 
like yeah. sometimes the the, the, the the capacity you have to do what you do is a blessing in and of itself like it is uh, something that other people might look up to or that the old you would have looked up to so don't underestimate you know yeah sometimes we'll get something in in that you know we get somebody reaching out to us for something or yeah okay fine but that's not the only measure of success or the only measure of good work sometimes it's what you provide as well without anyone asking for it right so maybe that as well is a point to focus on and um yeah not comparing that's a that's a super important one and i think we all i think i even mentioned that i do it sometimes and i get so discouraged yeah i'm like oh my gosh should i be doing you know all that and should i be doing this and that i tell myself yeah but you're doing this though like this was your this is your journey and if i keep looking around and making myself feel bad i'm going to miss the things that actually do happen in my you know um yeah. So just to stay focused and stay doing whatever. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and someone else's success does not mean your failure. Exactly. At all, at all, at all, like in no way, shape or form. So, uh, yeah. Cause equally, if you do really well, it doesn't make them less good. Exactly. Like yeah. It's completely irrelevant. It does not matter at all. So that's always a good way to, that's always a nice reality check as well. Like you're not that important that other people's success is your <laughs> matter that much we're all related but not like that you know what i mean like we're all connected but not like that so yeah. and also just to be to be inspired rather than intimidated yeah um, because it is inspiration like if that's not what you want then go get it like don't be don't be don't be down on yourself or don't be jealous just be like oh maybe i actually want that and then you realize do i want that am i just making myself feel bad or do i want that and if i want that I'm gonna go for it see what i can do um yeah. see what you can bring to my business and then you you know you're focusing back on your journey again so exactly. that's a really good point yeah that's a super good point positive like oh that's achievable so you know mm-hmm. why go if i want to rather than yeah. oh why do they have it but i don't kind of mentality you don't want that yeah and think about it this way at the end of the day like if you were if you could not see numbers or any metrics on instagram and you were on someone's profile yeah okay you know them now but let's say you erase that for a moment you're following this random person's life it's just a random person. It's a human like anybody. Like, think about it. It's a random person. We all poop. I told you this last time. <laughs> no, but like, it's just a random person. But a random human that we've, that we've uh, uh, associated so much value to because of metrics and because of whatever. Not to take away from any value that these people do offer. I'm just saying, like, yeah, within, yeah. within this kind of, yeah. It's just around how many followers they have or how yeah. many likes. I can't wait for the day that Instagram removes likes and followers and all in of those. Okay. Oh my God. I think they did it for just a select few in Canada, US, Australia. Was it New Zealand? Oh my God. Just remove them all. Just remove them all. Just <laughs> take it all away. Yeah. Really like it doesn't represent anything. It's just a popularity thing. And yeah. like, who cares? like it doesn't undermine someone that has one follower. Like maybe they've got something more valuable to say. And yeah. yeah. I well, even like the, my yoga teacher, who I think is, my God, amazing. The, my, the first one I ever had and the one that I studied under for years, has 64 followers. But she's absolutely amazing and people love her. And she has so many students and does all these amazing things. And she's also a massage therapist and she's, you know, and, and now she's uh, doing yoga therapy and stuff. And I just think 64 followers. You would never know that she's who she is. You would never know. Probably just got on Instagram because someone told her to, you know, <laughs> which is usually what happens. Like you should get on that, and she was like, oh, oh. <laughs> she's been practicing for like thirty years, and suddenly, you know. Um, but you know, you would never know. Um, and and yeah, I think it's important to, and it's also important to realize, and this is just a little 
side note, not everyone has like all their family members and friends liking their pictures. Some of us, our family and friends don't support what we do. And we've only have, we only have strangers or people that we've met on our new journey, or maybe just a mix of both or whatever, but we don't all have everyone liking our picture as soon as it comes on. Like sometimes it's people that only know us through Instagram or only, you know, and that's important to note as well. So yeah, if, yeah. if, if you're on the journey alone, <laughs> then it's normal. Some friends won't care. It doesn't mean they don't love you. They just don't care. And that's fine. You know, um, and then some people will, will, will really dislike you for it, which we also talked about. Um, so you have to factor that in as well. So if you're starting from scratch in that way, yeah, it's harder. But hey, you're going to get the real people. You're going to get the people who care about what you're doing. And on that note, I want to ask, like, obviously, this, it's such a heavy topic. And I know that you would do aside from this. But if you have any advice for people who feel the way you felt um, mm -hmm. before you started yoga or anything like that, do you have any advice to those people? Just, you yeah. Know, um, for me, it was really important to be around people that allowed me to feel sad mm -hmm. because there are some people that are, are afraid of emotions and when they see you cry, they can't handle it and they kind of want you to stop. <laughs> and I noticed that that was so damaging to me in, in that I felt like I had to suppress who, you know, what, how I felt in that moment. And so I, I'm so grateful to my husband for just allowing me to be sad to zone out and not fully be in the room sometimes because I, my mind kept like going elsewhere. And he just like, he just allowed me to be in whatever mood I had to be. And there was no, there was no like, um, conditions yeah. to, to loving me or I wasn't you know unlovable I didn't feel like I was unlovable or unattractive or anything like that like he really made me feel like I was exactly as I had like wanted to be like it was just it was what it was and um it was okay it was okay that I felt that way and um he was just very accepting um the other thing I'd obviously recommend is to do yoga but I'm biased <laughs> but any kind of just move your body like go for a walk get some fresh air um and yeah just just try and move your body to some kind of degree or extent if you can and if you can't again it's absolutely fine because i know how it felt where even just lifting up my arm felt like a, like so heavy like everything felt heavy my eyelids felt heavy yeah um Therapy, I found really, really helpful yeah. in that period. Just because it was nice to have kind of some kind of outlet, some kind of release where I could just say whatever and that I knew there was no judgment. And um, obviously it was a professional. So he kind of guided me through what was going on in my head and put things into perspective for me. And it was honestly one of the best things I'd ever, I've ever done, just like doing therapy. I think everyone should really try it um, because we've all got, baggage and we've all got yeah i agree therapy is important yeah on from our parents family um and the only way i feel like you can break that cycle is to kind of take yourself out of it and work on yourself before you then reproduce and pass on things from your parents to your kids and then their kids and so forth yeah i agree um what else i think to just maybe to just surround yourself with people that really care and 
have time for you in whatever way, like to accept you just as you are without wanting to change or like trying to, like I, I hated it when people tried to cheer me up. I really, yeah. I really struggled with that because it felt like they were trying to change what was going on inside of me. Yeah. And I can pretend that I'm happy. Like I could pretend to laugh and I could pretend to do, you know, get along and like be upbeat for like a few hours, maybe at max, but it was draining to pretend something you're not feeling inside. And yeah. so I decided like during that period, I didn't, I only saw a select few people that I could just really be myself with and like be at my worst with basically. And there's very few people in, I, I would say in most people's lives that you can kind of be like that with some people kind of, <clears throat> there were like good time friends that I had a lot, like, had yeah, a few, true. like kind of, I couldn't meet, meet their expectations or their kind of energy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like a bit of a blur now that I think about, think back to it. Um, but I think that's what healing feels like. It is a bit blurry. You don't see the little subtleties of pain anymore. It doesn't seem like this big wound. It's just like a scar. So it does kind of blur over and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a bit blurry. And in, in, in that respect, that's what healing can do. It, it scars it rather than, because um, usually if pain is not healed from, it's still pretty fresh. Yeah. It might take different forms, but it's still fresh. It might be bitterness, it might be anger, but it's 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 clear. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's kind of blurry, suddenly you're like, oh, that doesn't seem as dramatic. Like you said, it doesn't seem as dramatic anymore. Well, yeah, because it's, it's glazed yeah. over a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's bit heated. That's so true, because it, honestly, when I look back, I can now talk about it and it's fine. Like, I don't have emotions attached to it, but when I was in it, like, if I go back and read my diary... Oh, my God, and you read that, don't you feel bad for yourself? You're like, oh, my God, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Stop thinking like this. <laughs> so hopeless and yeah, like, I used to read that and just broke my heart I was like you're not you don't need to be doing this to yourself little did I know I had like five years still ahead of me of like suffering oh my god oh. so sad when you look back but, but but it's also so good like you feel really strong after you feel like you've you can take you can do anything after that you know but yeah it's it's tough and yeah <laughs> I think just that empathy for yourself as well allows you to have empathy for others but like you said, you know, you don't have emotion attached to it anymore. Like sometimes I'll talk about really sad things and I can see people going like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh no, no, it's fine now. <laughs> you don't have to feel bad for me. Everything's okay now. I'm just realizing yeah. that, you know. It's yeah. almost amazing to some people like how you just talk about it so normally. And it's like, no, no, there was a lot of like pain and healing involved to me being able, like before I was able to talk this way about that, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, yeah. The other thing that really, really helped me, and I know that there may be some like negativity around this or some taboo around it, or some people might not agree with it, but mm. I tried everything um, without going to this last resort. And then when I spoke to my therapist about it, he kind of just recommended that I should just try medication with to help with my depression. And I really fought against it for so long. Like I suffered for so long. And I think about it, I'm just like, why didn't I just do it? Like, why didn't I just try it? Like, just because of this like taboo around it and like feeling embarrassed that I have to take a pill every day to like, like, you know, like people say like happy pills or like they, there was just negativity around it. And um, I was just a little bit afraid of it. Like, would it change me as a person? Would it change my mind, my personality? Like, you know, I had no idea what to expect from it, but I found, I personally found medication so incredibly helpful. Really? So helpful. And the way that I would describe it to anyone is 
I, I, I was imagining myself like the metaphor of myself as a house and the house was falling apart. The walls were caving in, the door, like the windows were like um, broken, like everything was just falling apart in the house. And the, the medication that I was on was scaffolding that I put onto the house, which then allowed me to slowly start to build the house back up from its foundation. That's amazing. And like, it was just, it allowed me to just breathe. Yeah. And like, it allowed me to just have like some clarity and some yeah. space to deal with everything that was causing me pain. Um, because there was so much emotion and intense emotion attached to every little thing that I was trying to overcome that I just couldn't even breathe through it. Yeah. So the medication kind of allowed me to just breathe for a few months. I'm on it now as well, but I've started to reduce it. But it hasn't been that long. Like it hasn't even been a year since I've been on it. I wish I'd started earlier. Um, it's just given me the space and like clarity to kind of address things one at a time whilst kind of enjoying life through it. Um, and like now that my, my house is fairly stable, like I've got, you know, new walls, new furniture, new windows, <laughs> but I've decided to reduce the medication because I want to now see what it's like. And it feels a little bit wobbly. It feels a little bit unsettling because some of those intense emotions are coming back, which I haven't felt for so long. But now I'm in a place where I've got tools that I learned during the last few months that I can now use to help with, you know, feelings of depression or anxiety that crop up or feeling sad, unmotivated, um, so many, you know, emotions that come with life. Um, so I, I personally found it really, really helpful. There are so many different types of medication, though, so it's difficult to say which one works for who. There's just a lot. There's a lot of information out there. Yeah. But that's a really good point that you made. Like it's just offered you space to cultivate, you know, different practices and, and acquire knowledge and tools. I think that's the most important thing because I think the taboo comes from, you know, it's escapism. <clears throat> it's like a fix it all method. And it's like, well, no, in the right hands, you yeah. know, it, it'll, it'll offer someone a little bit of peace so they can do what they need to do. And you have that self-awareness that you're actually using that. So that's so different than someone... Yeah. I think it'd be damaging or unhelpful in my opinion if you took it thinking okay this is the cure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I was very aware of the fact that this was a temporary um thing that I was going to use whilst I kind of worked on myself and that I did therapy throughout the whole, whole period um and it works really well with therapy so medication and therapy together are amazing like it's really effective apparently um but yeah I don't think there's any kind of you've got to kind of work on yourself there's no shortcut to yeah yeah absolutely there isn't a shortcut it's just otherwise it is a form of escapism which you could do yeah. with drugs addictions like any kind of thing that you consume mm. really and medication is no exception really unless you actually work internally and make some changes change your thought patterns like it, all of it's possible that yeah. i you just need some like some time do you, do you find that it, it affected your creativity at all or your like personality or your energy level? Um, it made me, do you know what? I would describe depression as like a cloud over my head that was kind of just inhibiting me and not allowing me to be myself. Mm. And I feel like the medication got rid of that cloud, that dark cloud, and I was able to be myself more so because I didn't have that heaviness and that like the darkness like over me it just felt I just felt lighter and more able to kind of just be myself and obviously I made loads of changes mm. as well like I, I cut out loads of friends well not loads of friends but a few friends that weren't good for me I cut out my family because they were being really abusive and 
I made loads of drastic changes. So a combination of the depression just being parked to the side, as well as all the changes that I made quite drastically, I've never felt more myself. Like it just kind of set me set me up for like a path of just rediscovering myself without the depression there to the same degree and just that feeling of hopelessness. That's incredible. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for you. I'm really happy that you feel happy, you know, and able to, to live your best life. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think there's anything, well, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with getting a, you know, um, taking a pill to help you create some space. Same with people who have trouble concentrating. It's not that they don't have the intelligence to do, to complete the task. It just, it helps them sometimes to take that pill to focus a little bit more or, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really good. I'm glad we talked about that actually. Um, yeah. And I have no, no, nothing against anyone that wants to take the medication for the rest of their life. Like if mm. one day and I go back to where I was, or I go back to a dark place and I need help again, I will go back on it. And I, I'm happy, I would be happy to stay on it for the rest of my life, as long as it's letting me get through each day. Like, I don't think, I think life is too short to, to spend it feeling miserable and depressed and down and unhappy. And if one pill changes that for you, what you know what's the problem in my opinion if it's if it's mm. not harming you if there's no like major side effects and it works with your body and it's allowing you to create this life that you're living now that's making you happy like you're, you're choosing this life you're mindfully i mean in no way has anything that you've said sound non-mindful you know what i mean everything is very <laughs> self-aware and mindful and caring and you know intelligent and educated so i mean in no way would think that this is harming you in, in any way. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Not that, not that you know, but obviously it's your opinion in, in that it's har- harming you or not, but you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking to a zombie, I'm talking to somebody who obviously has a lot of intelligent things to say and yeah, yeah who's living a life that's obviously happy, that's making them happy, so why not? And that's the point in life, right? It's to choose your life and for it to be a happy life. Yeah. And choice is, is the thing. And yeah. part of that choice is having that pill and that's, that's your choice. <laughs> yeah. And nobody else will know what you're going through, like in your mind. Yeah. So there's like, there can get, there can be no judgment. Like nobody else knows how difficult it is for you to get through the day. So if that, that helps you, then go for it. Like as long yeah. as you're healthy, nothing yeah, else. There can be you. absolutely no opinion about, you know, like even doctors who prescribe it, it's not an opinion per se, it's a diagnosis. And then they yeah. give you the recommendation. This is not an emotional judgment. This is like a clinical thing. <laughs> and so yeah. beyond that, there should be no yeah. judgment. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, well, Zelda, this was really, really fun. I honestly wish we could talk all the time. And if ever you're looking for another project, we could have like a monthly episode, you and me, Yama to my Niyamas. <laughs> we talk about Yamas and Niyamas <laughs> or whatever else. Um, so if ever you're looking for another project or you're bored or you miss me, um let's we can do like uh, you know a, 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 like a monthly special or like we can do fun chats every now and then um and i'll probably harass you to be on the show again one day so um i'm really honored because i've listened to your podcast and i love the content that you create so thank you so, genuinely thank you so much for having me here i'm thank you thank you for saying that and thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this and for making it better because you have i promise so thank you very much and have a wonderful day and we will talk soon Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
So I hope you enjoyed that first hour and a half of our chat with a yogi featuring Selda. There will be a part two where we dive even deeper into everything and incorporate different topics such as setting boundaries, more on mental health, uh, more stories about yoga and religion and philosophy, and just so much more exciting chat. So do stay tuned for that date. I will be announcing the airing date of that. And by all means, please go connect with with uh, with Selda from Karma Mind Yoga, join her newsletter, join her community. And if you are in London, go practice with her. You will not regret it. I promise she has so much knowledge and and compassion and empathy and experience and just a wonderful energy. So do go practice with her. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining us. Namaste. Namaste.